Mike Scharfenberg, Game Plan You Today. And welcome to a, another edition of Interview with Influencers. And as always, you know, we, we thank you for spending part of your Tuesday with us. Um, so let's get right after it. Um, you know, today I couldn't be more humbled and excited to to bring on our our very special guest. So, so this gentleman is really a uh, is a testament to trust in the process and and working his way up the ladder. He spent about nine seasons in minor league baseball, um, working through five different organizations, and finally got the call up to the big club and uh, from the Music City, and has been with the Tennessee Titans now for about five years. Um, so, couldn't be more excited and uh, thank him enough for spending time with us today. Let's. Without further ado, let's bring out the senior manager of ticket sales for the Tennessee Titans, Mr. Jim Rice. Jim, how you doing? Good, Mike. I'm pretty fired up to do this. I love, love doing these events, so appreciate it. 100%. Couldn't, couldn't be more fired up right along there with you. So before before we dive into to you and, and your journey and how you got to, to the seat you're in today, um, you know, some great news, right, coming out last two days to uh, – two negative, you know, days of no te- negative or positive tests. So that's good. And hopefully the facility opens up tomorrow. But tell us for the audience here who's not down there in Nashville, like what's the vibe? What's the excitement surrounding the, the 3-0 Titans and the big battle of the underbeat, uh, uh, unbeatens this weekend? No, I mean, it's, it's been great. Uh, I think uh, COVID and the pandemic has, has tried to uh, squash uh, kind of all, um, you know, kind of, just the momentum we've had ever since going to the AFC Championship last year. Uh, you know, our fan base was pretty fired up. You know, January, February, we, we got off to a hot start, both from a sales side and just being out in the community. And then uh, COVID hit and things kind of slowed down. And now that we're back to a, a 3-0 start, the, the city's fired up. You know, this is the first time we've been 3-0 in about 15 years. So um, good things to come. And like you said, now that we've had two days of, of negative tests uh, on pace to get the boys back uh, at the facility tomorrow and in line for a game this weekend against the Bills who are also undefeated. So it should be a good test for us. I love it. I love it. And I think if you, it just goes to show, I mean, this could do, a, you know, two, two different things to the team, right? It could bring them together. It could break them apart. And I mean, look at the Marlins and the Cardinals, two testaments in the MLB, right? Who had huge outbreaks and they both made the playoffs and one of them still playing. So, I mean, that's just a testament and you know, really, really exciting things happen up in Nashville. So, so let's dive into you. And your background. So let's start with when did you first discover the, the business side of sports? And then, you know, follow up to that is what about the ticket sales and service industry solidified that that's what you want to do with your career? Sure. So I think, uh, you know, at a young age, most of us that, that work in sports, we wanted to play in sports. And, you know, once I got to high school, I kind of realized that wasn't an option. So um, didn't really know what my options were at that point. You know, my first job was working at a dollar store, a local dollar store in my hometown. And um, my boss at the time always joked about, uh, you know, me working in the front office somewhere. And I didn't really know what that meant at that time. Um, but, you know, I always joked that, you know, once I'm running a team, he's going to hit me up for tickets and favors. And then it just kind of got me looking into what my options were at that point. Um, and so I just started researching, you know, was sport management even a thing at universities and, and realized it was and, and looked into SUNY Cortland and ended up going to SUNY Cortland and, and had a great time there. You know, got a ton of experience that, that helped me, helped set me up to where I am now. And, and then from there, you know, did several internships with my last internship being with the Binghamton Mets. Um, you know, that was my senior year, still really had no idea, even though I did several internships. And at, at SUNY Cortland, we got to run a lot of the athletic events, but um, just didn't know where my passion was at that point. Um, and then, you know, during my time with the Binghamton Mets, they kind of rotated me around. So got to spend some time in the box office, got to do some stadium op stuff, some community relations stuff, um, 
marketing promotions. And then my last stint was, was actually on the, the sales side and got to follow, you know, a couple of the reps around doing group sales and ticket sales and just found that that was, that was my passion. Um, you know, and, and shortly after that, got a offer for a full-time job out in Indiana and, and kind of took it, you know, jumped without even thinking about it. Um, at the time I was thinking maybe go, go back and, and get a master's degree. But, uh, for me that the experience is more important. So just kind of jumped all in, moved halfway across the country from New York to Indiana. And, and, you know, that's, that's where I got my start and been doing group sales for the most part until recently got promoted to oversee our entire sales office, but I've uh, been in sales ever since. I love it. I love it. And talk about, because it's so, so important, especially today, it's hard to get into sports, right? So, so talk about the, the willingness to, to get up and, and like you said, move across the country. Like what was your mindset like um, when you had to make that decision? Yeah. I mean, I think I just knew from talking to, and that's the good thing about SUNY Cortland um, props to them. I mean, all the professors there had worked in the industry, so they kind of knew what it was. They weren't just teaching out of a textbook. So most of them either had experience working previously or, or were still working while being professors at SUNY Cortland. So just picking their brain, realized that um, whether it was my first job or, or even just moving up the ladder, knowing how competitive the industry is and kind of how limited, you know, the options are, um, just knew that I had to move. And so, like I said, I, I kind of debated for a little bit of going back from my master's or taking the position and realized at the time um, for me personally, and it's not the same for everybody, but just uh, the experience was more important. So packed up, moved out to Indiana and then kind of bounced around like you alluded to earlier to a couple different teams in my league baseball until I got uh, here in Nashville a few years ago. I love it. I love it. It's becoming, uh, becoming comfortable and uncomfortable, right? I mean, I'm sure it wasn't an easy decision for you to, to pick up and move across the country, but you know, I'm sure you wouldn't trade those experiences for anything because it helped formulate and get to you to where you are today. So, so speaking to that point, like what were some of the biggest lessons that you took away from your time in minor league baseball and, and how, and how do those uh, apply to what you're doing now in Nashville and help you get through your day? Sure. I think there's a ton of them. I mean, a lot of them come down to the same reasoning, which is, you know, in minor league sports, it's a much smaller staff. Um, the, the first one is, you know, because of that, you're wearing several different hats. So you kind of get to see the inner workings of how every department works. You know, even though you're a sales rep, you're still involved with the community relations events. You know, you're having to dress up as a mascot, um, you know, getting ready for opening day. We're all kind of maintenance people. So we're changing light bulbs, cleaning up around the stadium. Um, game day, if it, if it rains, you know, we become a tarp crew. So we're putting our uh, our tarp clothes on and going out there and, you know, pulling the tarp, raking the field, getting it ready for game day. So just kind of seeing the inner, like I said, inner workings of, of, uh, of an organization helps you for your career because then it just helps you prepare and get an understanding on what all those different departments are going through. Um, same level again, just because it's a smaller staff. Um, you kind of stay humble. Uh, it teaches you teamwork. So whether you're an intern, whether you're a full-time sales rep, whether you're a VP or the GM, you know, no job is too big or too little. Uh, you kind of have to work together and, um, everybody, like I said, everybody's pulling tarp, everybody's cleaning up. Um, everybody's doing the big jobs and the little jobs. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I mean, I'll share a story. I know. So I shared, I had a similar role. I know we've talked about this in our conversations in the past, but um, recently with the Hartford Yard Goats, double A team here in uh, Connecticut. And, you know, my third day, I had a nice shirt and tie, brand new leather shoes. And uh, our, the GM, Mike Abramson, came up to me. He goes, yeah, just so you know, uh, you might want to bring some shorts and, uh, you know, some some sneakers. Annual tarp poles tomorrow. So you, you learn really quick, but, but you get to wear all these different hats. And that's so great. And I think, especially for you, someone who got into management relatively early in your career, right? 
Um, you know, it's beneficial that you're able to see all these different departments and how everything works. Because at the end of the day, in management, you need to be able to, to communicate with all the different departments, right? So speak to that and, and to, to leadership. Like, what is it about management that attracted you to it and said, you know, this is what I want to do? And then a follow-up to that is for those, you know, in the industry right now who may be an AE, um, who's aspiring to get to that inside sales manager and work their way up into leadership, like, what advice would you have for them? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, most sales reps, if they want to be great and those that have the drive to be great realize they can't be an AE forever. And so management is, is their way to move up the ladder. And um, you, you got to find a way to, to stand out from everybody else. You know, everybody's competing for the, the same job, the same promotions. Um, and so always outworking the, the people next to you. I mean, the biggest challenge I say uh, to becoming a, a manager, things that people don't think about is, you know, from a, an AE perspective, you kind of control everything you know from your day-to-day short-term long-term um you know you control the amount of money that's going in and out of your wallet just because of the commission aspect um and then once you become a manager you're, you're kind of taught to to rely on other people and so you don't have a direct impact on your own wallet and so it's it's realizing how to manage those people understanding that everybody's different you know some people need to be pushed a little bit harder some people you need pats on the back a little bit more than others um some people you kind of just teach them, train them and let them go. And so it's just trying to figure out um, everybody's personality and, and kind of what management style works for each individual that, that works underneath you. 100%, 100%. And that's that's such a great point is you're never, you're never it's never gonna work if you can't adjust to everyone, right? You can't just talk to one person, to the one, the whole team and one style. It's just never gonna work. You have to be able to, to communicate and understand and, and you know, be empathetic to people, but also you know, people get motivated in different ways. So, so I absolutely love that point. Um, in regards to career seekers, now let's take a little pivot over to them, as that is the core of the podcast, right? Um, and I think you know, this is always one of my favorite topics because it's been so so important in my development as a young professional, and that's mentorship. So, so in your experience in the industry, what have you seen as the importance of having those mentors? And what, in your experience, has those relationships looked like? Yeah, so for, I mean, for me personally, uh, I had a mentor growing up. Um, I had several, you know, pretty much every location that I've been to, there was somebody that I kind of leaned on. You know, you, you use those people not only for advice, um, but to, to go to for questions. Those are people that you trust, people that uh, you expect to make you better. Uh, but at the same time, those are people that, you know, you mess up or you're not doing something right. Um, they need to be there to push you as well. So. Um, through the good and the bad, they should help you with your career. Um, you know, a big one for me was Bill Terlecki. Um, when I interned in Binghamton Mets, he was the GM there. Then he took the GM job in, in Gary, Indiana. That's who offered me my first position. So just after my internship, um, you know, I obviously made a good enough impression where he offered me a full-time job. And so I went out there and, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that I learned today, um, you know, was, was him. I wouldn't be where I'm at today without him. So. I, I leaned on him quite a bit, you know, and, and at the end, we, we leaned on each other, you know, you, you kind of grow during your time in this industry and, and at that point with the experiences you have, um, he's not just your mentor anymore, you're now friends, you know, he, he asked, he would ask me a ton of questions, um, you know, we, we both had some bombs, we both went through cancer, so we, we relied on each other about that, but any any career move we made uh, once, you know, I became in a manager's position, um, we, we would talk those situations out, you know, how it was good, how it was bad, um, different situations they were going through. Um, and and it, like I said, it became more of a friendship than it was a mentor and apprentice relationship at that point. And 
even during my time here, I, I see it with reps. You know, they can come to me. I have an open door policy. They know that. They come to me all the time. But there's people that are more seasoned than others. Obviously, you're going to have that on any staff. And so there, there are several people that rely on a couple of our reps, and they, they ask them a ton of questions, and they're for that too. And I think those people that are mentors realize that that's kind of their way, and it's teaching them lessons and becoming managers in the future. Yeah, it's just, it's it's a two-way relationships, right? And it, it's paving the way for the next generation. Um, and, I, and I always like to say to the the best mentors that I've had in the industry aren't going to give me an answer. You know, if I go to them and say, you know, here's X, Y, and Z situations, what do I do? They're going to ask me questions and they're going to make me figure it out. Because at the end of the day, especially in sales, like you're not going to have someone on the phone telling you what to say, right? Like you're going to have to think on your feet. So that that's really, in my experience, what I love about mentors. And, and again, the, the thing that you hit on that I love too is the friendship piece. I think that's so crucial. It's like not every mentor is going to be your best friend. You know, I know one of my main mentors, Rob Thompson, he always likes to talk about you have five different mentors. You know, you have the ones that are the ones that your best friends that you can always go to. You know, then you have the one also that's like going to tell you how it is and it's going to knock you down a peg but they'll always be there to bring it back up. But it's just having, making sure those relationships are organic is the key. And I, I love that you hit on that. Um, so I'd like to pivot now a little bit because I, I, you know, the point of, of, you know, overcoming cancer and again, congratulations on, you know, crushing that battle. But I think that's just so fitting now for what everybody's going through, right? And we're all facing adversity right now in one way or another. So do you want to speak to that? And like, what are some skills and traits that you would like to share with the audience for overcoming and facing that, the challenges and overcoming that adversity? Yeah, and so I think yeah, most people that have spent you know ten or fifteen years in sports go through adversity uh, all the time. Um, some you know some of those uh, situations are bigger than others. Um, for this, nobody's ever you know dealt with a pandemic. So if I'm being honest, the first couple of weeks, uh, you know, once in March, it, it kind of hit here in Nashville, and things started getting shut down. Our entire staff got sent home, and we had to work from home, and so it took us a couple of weeks to kind of figure out, okay, what do we do from here? Uh, just because we had never dealt with anything like this. And so over the first couple of weeks, we were kind of scrambling. And then, you know, we started reaching out to other teams and, and figuring out what they were doing and implementing our, our kind of own ideas. And we took ideas from the staff on what they wanted to see and what they needed at the time. And so, um, you know, we do things that where staff members lead meetings now. Um, we had them reaching out to, to other reps from other teams just to kind of pick their brains uh, and use this as a, as a time to better prepare themselves for when we do start selling again. Um, you know, sharing best practices or, or just kind of get an understanding of what their situation was too. And I think that helped them realize that everybody was going through the same situation and, and it wasn't just them and it helped them kind of deal with this. But we also used the time to, to have fun with it. You know, we had, uh, we did like an MTV Cribs every meeting. Uh, we would meet two days a week and we would do an MTV Cribs where a staff member would get to show off their workspace at home. We had a, a talent show where you know, everybody kind of brought up their own talents, whether it was um, trying magic shows or playing the piano or, you know, one guy dressed up as Joe Exotic uh, and, and did a little rendition of uh, the, the song I Am a Tiger or whatever that is. So just having a good time with it. Um, and that's what you got to do. Uh, everybody's going to go through difficult situations and it's, it's realizing that that's an opportunity to, to make you better, make you stronger, but also not to take it too hard and, and have fun with it I, I absolutely love that. I think, you know, one of the, the biggest things that I've adopted with all of this is you have to stay positive. If you're, if you're not positive, you've already lost. The game's over. You, 
So you have to stay positive and just look for ways to continue to grow and get better. And I think for me, the most encouraging thing, at least from, you know, on our industry side has been seeing those collaborations with teams and sharing best practices and things that a lot of teams didn't do in the past. Right. But I think this kind of made us take a step back and realize like, are we really competing against each other? Like we're in different markets. Like, yeah, obviously the Yankees and the Mets and, you know, you got things like that inner city, but at the end of the day, like, we're all trying to to work together to accomplish a goal. And I think that's on a smaller scale. That's the same thing with a sales team, right? You know, at the end of the day, we're all going to grind to be on the top of the board. But at the end of the day, job number one is to bring in revenue for the team and, and crush our team goals. So so I absolutely love those points. Um, and pivoting now to, to things, to career seekers, right? The industry is going to open back up and the interviews are going on. I know you guys are, are looking for some positions now. Um, so someone who is hired at all different levels, right? Like what are, what are some of the traits and skills that you look for um, when you're looking to bring on a new team member? Sure. So I think the biggest thing is, is the intangibles. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that you can teach everybody any skill. Um, I'm not going to go out there and throw a football like Tannehill or run people over like Derrick Henry. But, um, you know, if you can communicate, um, and, and I think if you're passionate about sales, then we can teach you to sell but it's all those other things um, that I can't teach you. So you, you touched on earlier, positivity. You know, sales is a cycle. You're gonna have ups, you're gonna have downs. Uh, it's, it's a roller coaster at times. So you gotta kind of figure out how to ride that roller coaster and figure out a way to be positive all the time. Um, the other thing, you know, it's a grind. Um, you know, it's a lot of phone calls, a lot of touch points, a lot of emails. Um, and, and a lot of times you're not glowed in a lot of those deals because that's just how sales is. It's a numbers game. And so it's putting your head down and, and kind of, you know, forcing your way through it. And, Again, staying positive, not getting down, and realizing that at the end of the day, if you're putting the work in, um, then you're going to get the results. Um, and then also, you know, team first. Like you said, everybody, most people that work in sports, or especially work in sales, um, they're competitive. Um, that's that's kind of what drives them. That's what helps that passion. That's what helps those sales numbers. But also realize that we're a department, and team should always come first. You know, here anytime somebody sells something. Uh, we sell, we celebrate as a team, so we have a bell that they, they ring and go around and we high-five each other. Obviously, that's a little bit different now with the pandemic. Uh, it's more of a long-distance high-five and celebration, but um, always celebrating not only the individual, but, but the team as well, and just realizing that, um, you know, I know it's cliche, but the name on the front, you know, should always come before the name on the back of the shirt. No, I, I absolutely love that. Because at the end of the day, like I'll give an example, you know, with, with my time at the Yankees, it's funny. Um, the gentleman who sat next to me, you know, our managers would walk by and say, you guys are taking each other's phrases. And they loved it. I mean, that's just what we did. And it was, you know, if he got a sale, like what works, right? And it's just because at the end of the day, we're all, it's the same as like, you know, if you're on a basketball team or a baseball team growing up in high school, like it's one goal. So I absolutely love those points. Um, so right now, you know, obviously there are teams that are hiring. It's a very, but it's not like it normally is, right? Um, it's a very slowly but surely coming back. So th there's a lot of downtime right now for individuals, not only that just graduated college, but there's a lot of individuals that unfortunately got let go from their teams. So what is some advice that you would give to, to those career seekers now um, in regards to things that they could be doing today to put them ahead of their competition when teams do start to hire and the industry does start opening up? Sure. Uh, I think honestly, we could probably spend an entire segment on this question. Um, I'll, I'll try to keep it as short as possible, but I think the biggest thing and the big, maybe the biggest misconception or misunderstanding, and, and don't get me wrong, um, education is super important. Um, I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for my bachelor degree in sport management from SUNY Portland, but 
it's it's what did you do during that time and what are you doing now during that time while you're at school you know um, I, I'm gonna look at experience more than I am a 4.0 GPA again not saying that the, the education is not important but um, you know anytime that we're hiring we want people with experience uh, I think some people think okay well I don't have a full-time job I don't have experience I'm just gonna give up that's not the case um, you know what I mean by experience because a lot of the positions that we're hiring for now are kind of entry level or lower level um, and so it's, it's what did you do during your time while you're in school how many internships did you do um, you know are you doing a part-time job with with a local sports team or organization you know even even here on game day we have people that sell tickets on game day we have mobile ticket specialists that help us out we have fan services we have ushers we have security so just get involved that way and then also you know get involved with your athletic department a lot of athletic departments um, you know, have a small budget so they take volunteers so so volunteering that way point number two i would make is you know connections you talked about earlier it, it's tough to get into this industry it, some of it is about who you know not about how good you are um you know you reached out to me asked me some questions before and, and had me jump on here so it's it's just doing those things like that um reaching out to as many people as you can I, i've been in those shoes where i was looking for a job or even you know early on in my career when i was looking to to kind of take that next step and so I would call and pick the brains of, you know, not only people in my position, but also people in management positions and just kind of see what they were looking for and people that they were hiring. Um, the, the one thing I will say is, you know, make sure that those relationships are, are mutually beneficial. The, the one thing that, that uh, kind of turns me off real quick is, you know, somebody that immediately connects with me on LinkedIn and then before I even know their name, they're already asking for a job. That's not the way to do it. You know, just stay in touch with that person. You want to build a relationship, build a rapport with that person. And at some point, you know, yeah, it is going to benefit you, but you want to be able to benefit them later on too. You don't know where you're going to be in 10 years. You don't know where they're going to be in 10 years. Um, and so it's just, you know, maintaining that relationship and, and helping each other as, as much as you can. Two fantastic points. Two fantastic points. I, and I, I love the, the, the first one that you made with go get experience. You know, I'm a huge, huge advocate for those who listen to the show or frequent the show is go out there and, and get a job. Experience is king. And, and even if you can't, I mean, I didn't have, like I had the Hartford Yard Goats and that really is, that's it in Connecticut. You know, you have the Sound Tigers, but there's not that much, but you have your athletic departments. Get Even if you were get, to get a job at a Dick's Sporting Goods or like I did, I went and got a job selling memberships at a gym. You're getting those transferable skills that at the end of the day, that's going to help put you in a great spot you know, you may not have had the opportunity with those teams. The second one is those genuine relationships too. I think that is just so key. Don't, you know, you don't just reach out asking for a job. Like it's like the same as you're not going to reach out to someone just asking, Hey, do you want to buy tickets or do you want to buy seats tickets? No, it, you got to establish the rapport, build that relationship and then see where it goes from there. So, so I love that. And I think I cut you off, but I think you wanted to speak to, was that transferable skills or? Well, the last thing I just want to say is, is one more, and this might actually be most important is, find what you're passionate about. I think the, the biggest mistake that people make is, you know, sales is the easiest way to get your foot in the door, but don't do sales and don't take that position just because it's the easy way in uh, or the easy way out. Um, I think a lot of people, not, I'm not, I don't want to use the word fail, but I think a lot of people are turned off by sports because they do assume that sales is the easiest foot in the door and, you know, they get a job in sports and they just think that's how all the jobs are. And so they kind of get a distaste for working in sports. Um, but that's just because they're not passionate in sales. You know, if they were, if their passion is community relations or marketing or, or sponsorship, and they would have, you know, tried that out, I think the story would have been different. So, just figure out what you're passionate about. You're not going to be successful 
regardless of what industry and what area, uh, if that's not what you're passionate about. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that I'm the best salesperson in the world. I think I'm a pretty good salesperson, but if I were out there selling insurance or, you know, garage doors, um, I definitely wouldn't have been as successful as I am. I'm that, you know, I'm passionate about sports and I'm passionate about selling sports products. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's funny, we just with our uh, with the student athlete interns we brought on, um, we actually are doing finishing up tomorrow an activity where they have to design a my why and and come up with a nice graphic like what drives you, what's your passions, where do you want to go? And I think that's just so important with our society today. You know how fast paced and all the moving parts and people being stressed and all that stuff, and people forget honestly like what drives them, why they started. So I think that's just such an important point. And if you're not going to be a hundred percent invested in your career and you're not excited to go to work every day and enthusiastic, like you're not going to make it, you're going to burn out. So I absolutely love those points. And, you know, I don't want to take too much more of your time. I so appreciate you. I know our audience does as well. Um, taking the time. So, you know, before you jump, I'd love to kind of just leave the floor open to you and let you run wherever you want to go with this. But what would be some final thoughts that you have for, for career seekers and kind of take this wherever you want to go? I love it. I love it. I mean, not not everyone in the industry is like that, but most are. So it's like sales. You have to take a chance and reach out organically. So I absolutely love that, Jim. So again, thank you so much for the time. Um, you know, I, I think our whole, I can speak for the whole interview with influencer community, but thank you so much for the valuable insight. Um, so on behalf of Mike, that's Jim, and on behalf of Game Plan, you thank you so much for, for spending time with us today. And uh, we'll tighten up this weekend. Let's hopefully take down the bills, and uh, we'll see all of you next time. Have a great rest of your week, everybody.